Hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, your oyster ninja. All right, good people. So here we are, another episode. And you know what? You never know what you're going to get with the Oyster Ninja podcast. You never know. That's the beauty of having your own stuff. I was going to say something else, but I'm going to keep it a stuff. Um, I meet some very, very interesting people in my line of work. I really literally never know who I'm going to run into all different types of people, personalities, um, trades. I just never know. So in my journeys, I ran across Chef Angela and it's been very exciting to, of course, follow her um, through social media, you know, and she's killing it. She's killing it. I'm about, I've already asked her for a dollar. She said she would give me two. Um, Chef Angela, how are you? I am doing good. I'm doing really, really good. Yeah. Wow. Is that what they say now? Like, I'm really yeah, man. Listen, like, I can't complain. <laughs> life is life and in all the great ways right that's, now. That's so good to hear. How, how the heck did you get into the chef life? Let's start there. Oh, how did I get in there from the roots? Um, Rudy, yeah, that, from the bottom. Yeah, from the bottom. Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to take it all the way back to childhood. And that goes from, um, so my my grandpa, he's from North Carolina, um, grew up around this area in the DMV. Um, and then also, uh, and then my grandma, she's from Louisiana. So they took their, um, they took their nice country living up to uh, Seattle, which I was born and raised and um, had this massive garden in their backyard. And so um, with this garden, I mean, we took everything from the roots, you know, cooked everything from the, uh, you know, took it from the garden. I mean, straight, you know, from the garden, from the ground into the pot, onto the plate. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was my dad's side of the family. But then on my mom's side of the family, um, on my Mex Mexican side, I'm black and Mexican. Um, so my family, you know, from Guadalajara, my grandparents, uh, they came up here, uh, raised, uh, raised all my, my mom, my, my aunts, all my uncles and, uh, in this little town called Yakima, Washington. And, um, but over there, I mean, you have the, the orchards, you know, you have, uh, like the, the, um, we used to go out there to the orchards to pick peaches, you know, we had the fresh apples, you know, all the fresh ingredients. And then every like every time we go to uh, Yakima my grandma will be in the kitchen just cooking breakfast pancakes in the morning you know and then always got a big pot of something cooking whether it's menudo pozole you know got some enchiladas going tacos you know all that kind of stuff um and then we have the barbecues with the carne asada like all the just everything you know and so growing up I was raised in uh, on both sides of my family with um you know, us just being involved in the kitchen, us being in the kitchen, I always uh, spark an interest. I always love the smells coming from the kitchen. I always love, you know, I used to hate it back in the day, snipping the green beans and cleaning the greens with my grandma, but I spent a lot of time in there, you know, with her talking, you know, talking about the food, all the things on why we did the things that we did, you know, as kids, us and the cousins, we used to fight over the turkey neck that, you know, <laughs> eating the turkey neck, cause you know, that's the best part of the turkey. And so just being around food and um, taking that passion, I always cooked. Um, I always cooked for the house. I always cooked for the family, for the family functions and everything, um, just because I love to. But then there came a point in my late 20s where um, I got let go from Comcast. 
And I had the opportunity to go to culinary school. And I said, okay, well, I love cooking. So let me take this to the next level. And um, so, yeah, that passion of cooking started from when I was a, a youngster running around all the way to where I am, um, back, you know, going into culinary school in my late 20s. And I haven't looked back since. At that young age, did you know that you could do this and get paid for it? I I heard I've always heard that it was kind of a rough industry and everything. Like people would kind of like, you know, steer uh steer away from it. It wasn't really like a, a female, you know, uh industry for female, you know, you always see the men in it and everything like that in the in the in the restaurants and everything as chefs. Uh but you didn't see a lot of women. And so it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I knew, but I didn't know that you can get paid. But I, I just, it was like the passion for it was just there. And so that, you know, it didn't really, it didn't really matter the fact of, uh, you know, the amount of like really, really getting paid. But uh, as, as a youngster, actually, let me tell you, take it back. As a youngster, I wanted to be a basketball player. I, I thought I was going to go to the WNBA. You know, so that that's really taking it back. So I didn't even think about cooking when I was like in high school, middle school, high school, even like my, you know, first quarter of college <laughs> before I came home. And uh, it, uh, you know, I just I I just had basketball in my eyes. And um, so it wasn't until later on in my twenties that I was like, you know what? Let me try this cooking thing. Let me try it out. See how I like it. So you still make time for basketball? You know what? I keep a basketball in my trunk. Just in case I want to go, (laughs) just in case. So I'm a hooper, hooper to the heart, always. So you you finished culinary school. Um, And what'd you hop into? Like, did you find a restaurant? Did you stage or like, what? how did you even know the the next step? I know, right? Um, So the, the, actually the um, very first job in the restaurant that I had, um, it was called, it's called Flying Fish. It's in Seattle. It's a really nice seafood restaurant. And um, I was, uh, you know, I was, um, the my professors, always, you know, still my mentors to this day, um, Chef Karin, she actually um, introduced me to a, a chef over in, uh, you know, the Flying Fish Chef um, to get me a job. So that was uh, my very first position, um, being a fry cook and pantry, um, pantry cook. And so in prep, I'd go in there and do prep. And it was a... Uh, you know, it was, it was fun. I think I was there for about eight months or six, maybe about six, six to eight months. Um, but I was also coaching during time, during, during the time coaching basketball, um, high school varsity. And, uh, I coached one of my, um, uh, so one of my players, um, she Dallas, Dallas Richardson, her mom came to me and goes, chef, I heard you're in culinary school. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And she goes, okay, I like you. You work hard. You always look after my daughter. You always been, you know, you know, you've been a part of the community forever. You know, Seattle is a really, um, it has a really strong black community there in Seattle. Um, so we all look out for each other. It's like a family. It's beautiful. And so she was just like, I work over at the Fairmont Olympic Hotel in downtown Seattle. Let me know when you graduate. I'm going to get you a job. The, this is no lie. The day I graduated, she calls me and says, are you ready yet? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, okay, apply. So she applied. I went in for the interview. I'm interviewing with the executive sous chef at the time. Um, Isabel, chef is. And uh, we run into Olga 
in passing during the interview and Olga looks uh chef is straight in the eye and goes you're gonna hire her and you're gonna thank me <laughs> I'll never forget that wow and um so I got hired and uh that's pretty much where I grew up in my culinary industry um under chef Gavin Stevenson and chef is and then later on chef Paul and they just pretty much um raised me uh raised me in the industry taught me all the like the real basics of um of being an actual chef because I started there as a um as a cook and then when I left there I was a sous chef so it was a in the five-year period that I was there so what do you think some of your pain points were in that learning phase oh man and some of my pain points okay I gotta tell you a story this one time it's called it's my mashed potato story <laughs> So it was when <laughs> it was when I finally got promoted to go work in a fine dining restaurant and I'm hyped, you know, I just came from Shuckers, you know, was doing all the fish, had a couple specials on the menu. Like, you know, I'm thinking I'm like, you know, you know, just just cool. Like, yeah, I'm I'm like the, you know, young chef coming up. Man, I'm over there, I'm like mincing potatoes. Um, you know, getting ready to do mashed potatoes and my and Chef Gavin comes up to me and goes, you don't know how to cook mashed potatoes. And I'm like, what do you mean, chef? I've been cooking mashed potatoes for you for the past like few years downstairs in Shuckers. He goes, no, you haven't. You're up here. You don't know how to cook mashed potatoes. Tomorrow we're going to have a mashed potato cooking class at 6 p.m. Was it? No, he goes at 5 p.m. <laughs> I'm like, what does that even mean? And uh, he was like, we're going to have a mashed potato cooking class and walks away. And I'm like, oh, man. And so I'm thinking that, okay, he's going to forget. So Chef Isabel comes to me and goes, what's the butter to cream ratio? And I'm like, huh? She goes, you better you better do some research because you need to know. <laughs> so the next day, no lie, right at that time, you know, he's busy running around going crazy. You know, executive chefs are, they got a million things on their plate. So I'm like, there's no way he's going to remember mashed potatoes. And <laughs> he literally stops on his tracks and goes, all right, chef, let's, I mean, all right, Angie, let's go. Let's cook some mashed potatoes. In the middle of the kitchen, mind you, this kitchen is packed. And he's like, and it was, at the time, I was embarrassed, but it was like, so how do you cook mashed potatoes? Just loud chef voice, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, and he goes, nah. And so he's like teaching me and everything. But that lesson right there, it was amazing. You know, it, it was humbling for one. And for two, um, I make some damn good mashed potatoes now. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> so like, I, I'm wondering, so what was the difference between when you, you were making them downstairs and from the kitchen the ricer uh, the ricer oh and then folding them so um you know potatoes can get starchy so if you're whipping them really fast and everything they'll get that you know they'll get gluey or they'll get a little starchy but if you fold that cream and butter in really nice and smooth and slow it'll all eventually come together and then you'll get that nice silky mashed potato <laughs> Ooh, okay chef okay <laughs> man okay so you grew up uh Fast, but not too fast. Um, in the in the hotels, uh, the hotel, right? Right. Yep. And so, all right, is there a gap between? How'd you get it to the East Coast? Okay, so yes, I mean, I pretty much like so. You know, I was a chef over. Uh, I was a restaurant chef at a, a rooftop in Seattle, the Nest, uh, for a little bit, and then um, I actually went over to the Hyatt hotels, and um, I was a chef over at the uh, Grand Hyatt over in downtown Seattle uh, for, I want to say, about two years before the pandemic or 
a year and a half before the pandemic hit and then the pandemic hit. I was the only um, chef that was kept on um, uh, over there at the uh, Grand Hyatt throughout the whole pandemic. Uh, me and me and Chef Brian, uh, he was my executive chef uh, at the time. Um, amazing, like amazing friend, mentor uh, as well. And he um, he kept me on and we just cooked family meal for the staff the whole time you know, keeping the camaraderie. Um, and then, you know, as the sports started opening up, you know, we host like the uh, soccer teams, the baseball teams, and a few of the uh, NFL teams there. Um, you know, previously, the year before, we hosted the actual World Cup, you know, uh, the soccer World Cup over in the um, hotel. So we we're the host hotel for there. And so, you know, we had a really good relationship with the, um, and well, you know, the soccer, baseball, and the um, football. Uh, and so during that time, I mean, we're hustling, we're grinding, you know, being the being the steward, being the cooks, being the chefs, being the banquet servers, captains, all the things that you can think of. That's what, you know, we were out there grinding. And um, then it came a point where uh, my kids, both of them graduated high school. Uh, my oldest son, he went off to the Navy uh, right before the pandemic hit. So um, he was already gone in San Diego at the time. And then my baby boy, he's getting ready to graduate high school. Um, and so I always said the day that they graduate high school is the day that I'm leaving the state. And it just, I must have talked that into complete existence because um, I started already looking for jobs um, over in the East Coast. You know, I applied for executive chef job over at um, Hotel Revival over in Baltimore and didn't get it. But my partner at the time, she uh, got a position with Hyatt, you know, thinking, you know, okay, we're, we're going to make this move anyway. So um, she got a job over the Hyatt Regency and they actually offered me a position too to help come open up their restaurant outlets for the pandemic. And so I took the position. It was an opportunity to leave the uh to leave the state, come to the East Coast. Um, I have a cousin in Baltimore. You know, he he pretty much sold Baltimore to me, you know, like uh, a year prior. <laughs> you know, he's like, come live with me, Angie, man. Come out here. You know, he's like my brother. <laughs> I can't imagine that sales pitch. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, man. My cousin, my cousin Armand, man, he's, he's, uh, he's funny. He's like, man, it's cool. It's caught. Like, you know, you hear a lot of things, but nah, man, you just come out. He wanted me to just come, uh, come hang out with him. That's what it was at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure of it. <laughs> so, so I did right. uh, for about a year. Was over at the Hyatt for uh, about say about eight months um, before Four Seasons came and uh, got me as their executive sous chef. Um, so I worked at Four Seasons for a little bit over in Baltimore, and then um, I got a phone call from uh, the GM over at the um, Smoke and Mirrors uh, rooftop. And that's how I ended up in DC. They brought me over, you know, they showed me around and then they offered me the position. And it was my very first executive uh, executive chef position. I have fallen in love with DC ever since. What are these positions? <laughs> oh man. So, okay. So you got your sous chef. Uh-huh. That's your, that's your grunt person. That's the one that, you know, you could count on that's going to go and make sure your operations are on point. Um, you know, uh, I have a, I have my guy, my favorite sous chef, my guy Lou. Um, he's he was my sous chef over at the uh, Cambria, and I mean anything with operations, I didn't have to worry about ordering all the uh, all the things, making sure the line was set, making sure the staff was on point, um, making sure people you know were abiding to their schedules, you know. And then he would communicate with me, making sure that everything was 
you know, everything's running smooth, everything's running good, or, you know, any issues or any problems. And then, so that's where, you know, either he contacts the purveyors or I contact the purveyors, but more on the executive chef side is the finances, the financials, making sure those are on point, making sure all the numbers are aligned, um, food costs, labor costs, um, making sure the restaurant staying relevant. You know, um, I really, one thing about me as a chef, I really love getting my team involved with like, you know, recipes or, you know, letting them, because I mean, we're all in this, you know, because we love cooking. So I love uh, having them exercise their, you know, creativity, you know, and, you know, and I'll give them deadlines, be like, all right, show me something by this deadline. If it, if you, if I like it, let's, you know, bring it into a dish. And so um, getting the team involved in that, inspiring the team, you know, and, um, and, you know, just really making sure that uh, we're staying up to the, um, you know, the trends, you know, uh, ahead of the trends, you know, staying a step ahead, you know, being on top of it. And so those are really the uh, really the jobs of the executive chef. OK, not what I expected to hear. OK, all right. <laughs> That's cool, though. It's, I mean, now it's, it's, it's kind of putting things, it's lining the ducks up. Now, where are you at? Now where I am at Nordstrom Cafe over in uh, Pentagon City, uh, executive chef over there. Um, I actually just joined Nordstrom in October of uh, last year, 2023. And it was a shocker to me as well. I mean, I was old, I stayed in hotels, running multiple um, outlets, you know, two restaurants, um, rooftops, you know, just having, you know, just doing crazy fun things. And so it's like, Okay, how did I end up at Nordstrom's? I um I actually after I left Cambria, I took about about six weeks off. Twenty twenty three was a rough year for me. Um, my grandma, my grandma who's very very dear to me, she passed away, and um on Cinco de Mayo, I got a joke on that. She she passed. My my black grandmother died on Cinco de Mayo, and I always said that. I, she died on this day because my other grandma was like, man, Erlene, come up here and get some of these tacos. It's Cinco de Mayo. We got to celebrate, you know? Mm, <laughs> so nice. I like that. Uh, so that's, um, you know, this may be one year. and um, But it got to a point where I needed to step away from everything, um, from my mind. I said, forget everything else. I need to take care of my mind. And so that's where, that's what I did. I addressed some things that I needed to address. Uh, with that, um, some alcohol abuse uh, that, you know, I knew that I was doing a lot of drinking. I didn't address it. And then, you know, I refused to go to Seattle because I was like, I'm not going home because of the fact that she, like, I have my mom there and stuff, but I'm going to drive by my grandma's house and I can't even go visit her. Why would I do that? And so I still haven't been home, but I, um, I, I'm okay with that now. I, I mean, I, I, I can go home now. And so I really had to take that time to take a step back in my life because things were going so fast. Like opportunities were coming, like everything was coming and I felt myself getting out of control. And so I needed to take that pause, that step back. Like, look, if you continue this route, opportunities gonna miss. But if you take a step back right now in your life and just reevaluate everything that's going on, you still have time to get control of it. And so that's what I did. I took that step back and it was funny because um, I had no will to work. And mind you, you know, I'm still making my, you know, involved in, you know, 
just I, I just I could I couldn't get myself to work until one day I woke up and I'm like, let me go on LinkedIn and see what's happening. And so <laughs> I went on there and uh, I seen executive chef for Nordstrom. And I'm like, this might be a sign. I'm from Seattle. Nordstrom's is Seattle. What? How much? You know? Okay, executive chef at a Nordstrom cafe. You know what? I think I can handle that. <laughs> so, and so I applied. And it's funny because later on that day, I got a call from who is now my assistant manager. He said, "Hey, chef, I want to get you in here. I seen your resume." And uh, I was like, "Okay, well, let me go talk to him." So I went over that same day that I applied, talked to him, and he pretty much sold it to me. He was just like, "Chef, you'll come in. You work seven to three." maybe four, maybe five if it's a late day and you have your whole life. He goes on top of that, you know, you just, you can do, we, I'm from this industry. I know you're from the industry. We don't, we don't have these opportunities. And so he pretty much sold me. I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah. And the discounts, you know, discounts are amazing. So <laughs> I was choose girl. No doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> So I was like, okay, you know what? Let me do this. I can do this for a little bit. Um, and he, uh, and honestly, I'm really happy because not only is it giving me that uh, good stability and income that I need and a peace of mind uh, with a good organized organized uh, company, it's um, also helping me be able to branch off and do my own thing as well right now. And it's giving me, and also taking that six weeks off and then, going into a job that's, you know, really nicely, you know, they have great uh, systems already in place. It's just going in there and practice it. It's, it's sharpening my skills as one, as an executive, as a chef. And then for two, um, it's really giving me that time to focus on me and where I want to take my career next. And, and right now it's really focusing on my, um, you know, menu consulting, catering, uh, you know, business. And so it's been, it's actually been, a huge blessing in disguise. You just dropped a lot on me. <laughs> you dropped a lot on me. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm sorry for your loss Thank because you. I know how those um, cornerstones can be. And when they're took mm -hmm. away from us and it, it, it always feels like it's, you know, out of nowhere because we think we have, you know, that person forever, you know? Right. So I definitely know how you feel. I also want to commend you for, um, <laughs> you know, step, stepping back and reflecting um, on your mind and your body, man, because I'm telling you, that beast has a handle over me at times. <laughs> um, as you saw that night uh, <laughs> Look, that was, that at the was hotel, <laughs> uh, the beast, it comes out from time to time. Man, Look, that was a fun night. Good, <laughs> good. If you're around me and I'm where I was, uh, it's going to be a good time. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a good time regardless. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, I, I, I just want to commend you just because, like, everybody, I've been talking to a lot of people, and I've also, like, stepped back because it's, like, it's not that I thought I had a problem, which I realize I do, um, but it's more so my body's like, yo, First of all, this ain't supposed to be happening like this. Mm -hmm. um, you, you're doing a little too much, and it's a right. little too easy for you. Right. And that's not natural. The mm -hmm. other thing is, like, once I once I stopped, 
or cut back. Well, I stopped and then I cut back because I started again. But I'm in a cutback state. I'm just being open, like you know. No, look, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like now I feel so much balance. So you're absolutely right with that. With like the whole um stopping and taking that step back because that's exactly what I did as well. I stopped and then I um you know I took that step back. I stopped and then you know it's just like now and this has been going on since about October. Um, yeah, around the same time I started over at uh, Nordstrom. Um, and so with that, I took on exercising. I took on fasting. So I intermittent fast um, from 9 p.m. till uh, the next day, 12 uh, noon. And I pray. I meditate every single morning. I journal, which I've never, I so I've always did poetry, but I've never journaled. And so I started doing that. Uh, my sister bought me probably the best birthday present. Uh, okay, I can't because my mom will whoop my, well, you know, <laughs> she'll snatch me up. Like, hold on, what? Uh, okay, my sister got me one of my favorite birthday, uh, Christmas presents ever. <laughs> and it was a Bible study uh, packet. And um, she was just like, Ange, I got one for me, one for you. We're going to do this together. So I was like, cool, let's do it. I ain't never, you know, like, you know, last time I did Bible studies and I was like a little tater tot. So um, so I got that. Uh, I've been doing that as well, reading the Bible. And um, and so with that, you know, yeah, when I go out and have drinks and stuff like that, and, you know, some nights I'm going in and having a ball, you know, especially when you get the tequila shots going, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going. You know, my uh my DJ, my girl Mim, she be like, Chef, don't bring those uh don't bring that tequila over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's get that back. Um, but it's not abused anymore. You know, um, and coming, you know, it's more of a all right, during the week, it's business. You know, if I got events happening, it's business. You know, that is business. But when I don't have nothing to do. And I could just really let go and let my mind loose. All right, let's go. Let's have a good time. And uh, that's pretty much where I took it. I knew, I knew where I was at when I was in that dark. I was in a dark place in drinking, and we all know that that's not that's not where you what you want to do. But uh, you know, I I took that step back and cleared all that darkness out of my mind, and now going into life in a more you know the positive and refreshed way that I normally go about life. And it feels good. Can I ask you to just be personal a little bit? Like, and this is for really more so for other listeners, because you know where you've been and where you come from and where you're at now. But for that listener who is out there doing what they do, what does that dark place look like or what did it look like for you? Oof. That dark place was, it was a spiral. You don't know what's happening, but it was um, me sitting on my couch one day in the summertime last year. And um, mind you, everybody probably thinks my life is all amazing and great and articles being written, you know, going to events every now and then, executive chef at a hotel and all that stuff. But um, me just sitting at home, in a really, in a place nobody's around, you know, I'm, I'm an empty nester and, um, just like, dang, like I'm alone. I'm alone. I have nobody. And here I am, you know, mind you, I do have, 
I do have people, you know, my son's off in college, my other son's off in, you know, living his amazing life in Japan at the time, you know, and, but I'm so used to being, you know, I'm in a new city. Yeah, I've been here for three years, but this is my very first time being all by myself. You know, I don't, you know, I have, everybody else lives out, lives far away. Um, and it was just a very, very lonely space, state very lonely state. I don't want to say it was to the point to where it was, um, it got to where I didn't want to be here anymore, but I just didn't know my place anymore. Even though my career was going in the right direction, you know, all things were going good, you know, from the outside looking in, inside, I really felt empty. Like, I, I don't, it. I don't know what to do. Thank you for sharing that. I have this conversation sometimes with friends, like, because, first of all, I got a day job, right? But if you just look at social media, it looks like I'm just shucking oysters all the day on time and having a good time at it and all of that good stuff. But it's like, that's what social media does. You can paint whatever picture. For you, you know, like you said, you had articles, you had blogs, you're, you're, you're accomplishing everything in life from the outside. But inside, you know, you were going through something that, you know, you were going through something and nobody really knew it just looking at you. You know, one thing I do want to say to get this stuff out that spot is um, you, you, you get through it no matter what, like no, no matter what, if, if you hit that point and your me mental is like, you know what? And you're able to address that moment. If yeah. you're able to stop and be like, you know what? Something ain't right with me. I need to figure it out. That's where that's where I feel like I had to take that time and clear my mind. Mm -hmm. And that's where the stop drinking and the stop smoking weed. You know, I just had to stop mm -hmm. all that stuff to really get that out of my mind and clear it up. And so that's where, you know, coming out of it, that's a that is what really helped. And I cleaned my house. I cleaned my house and got it nice and clean, opened the windows, and I went and bought me some sage and I said, get this out there. <laughs> I'm telling you, I did. Get thee and behind I, me. <laughs> man, and for real. And then I put my little pictures of my, like, I started, like, I was like, you know what? I don't have pictures of my kids up in my house. Let me get my kids up in this house. Let me get my fam. Let me get my house to where I want it to be. And that's what I did. I, I straightened up my home. And that's what I had to do. Get the house in order. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That, that, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that full circle. Um, Hitting that dark spot and... <laughs> realizing it and then coming out of it and just keep pushing every mm -hmm. day. We have a new opportunity to make the life, just make life better yeah. and not even like, just make the day better, make that right. second better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Take it, take it piece by piece. However you got to take it in small portions, take <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you say right there, small portions. Cause do you want to talk about, um, the soups and everything that's going on? Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, so, you know, being the chef over at Nordstrom's, um, Nordstrom partnered with um, Chef Lauren uh, Vanderpool, who's here from a native from D.C., um, and she is the queen of greens, um, is what they call her. You know, vegan chef, uh, worked with amazing, I mean, Michelle Obama, Serena and Venus Williams. I mean, her category is ridiculous. Um and it is an honor to be working with her um, at Nordstrom's. We're featuring her soup, her soup, 
it's um it's the it's a vegan twist spin on chicken noodle soup but it's uh it's really it's delicious it's um like a coconut uh coconut cream base um uh, it's a tiki noodle soup that's what it's called uh it's our feature over there at nordstrom um and then uh we're actually doing a dinner with her on november 18th i mean november february 18th um February 18th is a, a dinner over at the Pentagon City Nordstrom. Um, tickets are on sale uh, on the uh, on the Nordstrom website, um, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be nice. It's going to be a you know really nice course style dinner. Uh, Chef Lauren will be there uh, talking about her her journey, talking about her dishes, a full vegan menu, um, and I'm really really excited to work with her. I heard nothing but amazing things. All right. Well, let's break into it. What what can you talk about? And what can't you talk about? All right. What I can talk about is the fact that I will be on Chop this. Uh, well, so it's a it's a tournament. It's a it's a Chop tournament. The first uh, the first one that they've ever done. It's called Spin Spin It to Win It. Um, and when I say spin, I mean I swear in every category you could think of on Chop, you're spinning the wheel about something. You know, and uh, as you can see in the ads, the commercials that are out right now, I mean, you spin to see who's going to cook that day. Or, you know, for this episode, these four chefs are going to go up the next episode, you know. And uh, and it's it's really cool. And then on top of that, you know, for the fourth ingredient, you spin the wheel to find out what the fourth ingredient. All of it has a dollar amount to it. And so at the very end of the tournament, there's this huge grand prize. And so I am one of the chefs. Um, the season actually starts on February sixth, this Tuesday. Um, chop, spin the, spin it to win it. Um, with six, uh, with it's sixteen total chefs. So you know, fifteen other amazing chefs. We're uh, we actually developed a a great relationship. Um, they're all from all around the country, and um, it's uh, it's just really a cool experience, a really cool tournament. Uh that I was involved in. This is my very, this is my premier food network uh, experience. Nice. I'm excited. I mean, I had, when I tell you I had a ball, I had so much fun. <laughs> I can imagine. So was it a hard process to get selected for the show? Uh, no, actually they, uh, they reached out. Um, they reached out. I, it was um, between that and another episode. Uh, and I decided to go with this. Um, and, uh, with the spinner to win it because it's mm -hmm. new and yeah. uh it just sounded fun make sure to check me out on chop spinner to win it this coming tuesday 8 p.m eastern on a uh, food network it's it's a tournament that you've never thought that they would put out there and uh yeah chop spin it to win it i'm gonna be on there me with all the other crew of chefs out there see if i get chosen on tuesday <laughs> She trying to get chose, y'all. Um, again, thank you so much. Where can the people um find you if they want to follow your journey? Um, if they want to learn more about you, how can they do that? Um, well, you can follow me on IG, um, Chef underscore A Rose. Uh, and then also I'm working on my um website uh right now, Angela uh Angela Rose Catering. Um and uh yeah, just Angela Rose Catering uh, dot com. Um and just really, uh, just yeah, follow me on Instagram. You'll start, you'll see more, uh, more things coming up. More, um, you know, me being more active this year in twenty twenty four. 
You know, last year was my um, year of, of crashing and getting back up, you know, and so now is my year of building, you know, with clarity and excitement and really having fun with the craft that I fell in love with. Um, oh, I got one more little fun fact for you. My first job at Fairmount was an oyster shucker. <laughs> Yo, so did did you tell me that before? I don't know if you told I, me that or not. It it might have been that drunk night that we was over there take just ah, yeah. That's but, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So and also, man, look, if ever you want, like, yeah, hit me up sometime, man. Maybe we could do like an oyster shucking class, the date night thing. That'd Absolutely. be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Sign me up. Let's let's man. let's hop offline right now. Let's start planning it.